0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew,
1: and this is Josh. and it is Thursday, August 18th, 2016, and we'll be chatting about stuff we have coming up from Friday, August 19th to Thursday the 25th And uh, this week's cool because we actually have two holdovers, one just held over for a second week, one that had to do a bit of a leapfrog just because of scheduling. Uh, But we have Cafe Society and Hunt for the Wilder People coming back, Mm -hmm. which means there's two movies we can talk about this week that I've seen.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen either of them, unfortunately.
1: Because sometimes we talk about stuff that either is off our schedule already or that we haven't seen yet because we're just like you and haven't got to see it yet because it's upcoming. Uh, I saw Cafe Society just a couple days ago, and I saw Hunt for Wilder People a week and a half ago when we had it on its initial Ottawa premiere run. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People is great. Uh, I keep on telling people that I'm pretty sure that it's my favorite movie that we've screened in 2016 so far. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been listening to the last few episodes or aren't familiar, it's directed by Taika Waititi, who is pretty universally acclaimed and for myself is four for four in the feature film department. And he his next big gig is he's jumping into the Marvel Universe and doing a Thor movie, mm-hmm. which I'm very interested to see how that looks because he has such a distinct style to jump into the kind of one of those franchise worlds where he might not have director's cut and he's working with different screenwriters and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. uh, Hunt for Wilder People is, I think, kind of a throwback. It seemed to me very much like kind of a 1980s kids movie where there's some sad stuff and some scary stuff and some swearing, but it's still only rated PG. And I thought it was funny the first night we screened it was actually a Friday night at nine and a lot of parents brought kids like Mm -hmm. there there was a a good handful of like 12 year old yeah every
0: screening like it's been you know a lot of families
1: and it's a movie that uh I haven't been here for every night but a couple nights working and then once in attendance to just watch it's garnered a round of applause at the end of every time and that's so rare nowadays, even if someone loves the movie, they kind of just sit on their hands yeah. and go, "Oh, that was a good movie." Yeah. But yeah, so if you missed it the first round, you have a full week chance between Friday and Thursday to see it again in various show times. And uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's a really good movie, and a kind of a cornerstone example of when people say there's nothing good. Mm-hmm. I always say, no, there is good stuff. You just have to find it. You just mm-hmm. have to go see it. And although this is not a wholly original movie because it's based on a book, but in this age where people are so quick to give up on film because of they don't like remakes and sequels and reimaginings, mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there. You just have to find it. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep on meaning to go through our list just for 2016 alone and say we had this movie and this movie and this movie, and whether it be something really weird, like The Lobster or something yep. very, very nice, um, you know, a movie you could bring your mom to, like The Meddler or the uh, uh, the Sally Field movie we had a little while ago. My, uh,
0: hello, My Name is
1: Doris. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of good stuff this year. Anytime somebody says, not a good year for film, I'm like, no, it's always a good year for film. Like, there was just as many horrible movies in 1948. Mm-hmm as they are now we just don't remember them like there's there's a lot there were a lot of really bad comedies and a lot of really bad romances and weird you know like franchises that I love like Abbott and Costello but if people are complaining about sequels nowadays Abbott and Costello they just kept making them until they stopped they kept making them until they stopped making money They, they, they weren't trying to put across any kind of artistic integrity on them and it's the same nowadays they're gonna keep making superhero movies till everyone stops going to superhero movies.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you're saying you haven't seen Cafe Society? No, either? I want to see. I want to see both these movies. But Cafe, yeah, the new Woody Allen film.
1: Cafe Society, I thought it was really funny because I realized that at my age now, I get the same um, nostalgic kick from a Woody Allen movie that I do from The Force Awakens because although they're very different movies, it's like Woody Allen has the same opening title cards in all his films, and Star Wars opens with the same Star yeah. Wars thing. Uh, and I get the same kind of joy from seeing a Woody Allen New York cityscape as yeah. the Millennium Falcon in Force Awakens. Well, is this one set in New York? It's, set, it's, it's split between New York and L.A.
0: in the 30s, I believe, yeah. in like the early heyday of film. And it's, I know very little about it. Like, I haven't really seen the trailer because yeah. like, I want to go in pretty blind. Yeah, that's so, a good way to go yeah. in.
1: But yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a Woody Allen-esque movie that takes place in between New York and L.A. with your main character kind of going back and forth. And it's just beautiful cinematography and just all the production design mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the 1930s music. So it's a very beautiful film. And it's kind of one of those things, like it's a, it's a Woody Allen film. So if you like Woody Allen, you'll like this movie. If you really hate Woody Allen... You're not going to like this movie. Like plenty of people do. Because it's, it's, it's got that, that, um, that patter, that dialogue. And I guess it was, I don't know, 20 years ago or so when he started kind of replacing himself in the movies. But there's still that same character. So in this movie, it's Jesse Eisenberg playing Woody Allen. And in Bullets Over Broadway, it was John Cusack playing Woody Allen. And even there was a film where it was kind of Scarlett Johansson playing Woody Allen, but there's always kind yeah. of that, that central mumbling, stumbling, yeah. you know. Uh, uh,
0: he has an avatar in, in yeah. all his films. Yeah,
1: and Jesse Eisenberg makes a good one. Like, it, it's, if this movie had been made 30 years ago, or it would be Woody Allen in the lead. But in this one, it's, it's Jesse Eisenberg. And I think the key to liking uh, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart, is I've never seen a Twilight movie. I've, I've only, Me neither, I've <laughs> and only I never seen, will. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Cafe Society and The Runaways and a couple other little indie films mm-hmm. she's done. The that, Runaways was pretty good. And so I'm kind of fine with her because I think that's the key. If you know her, if you if you classify her as that character from Twilight...
0: Well, she's done lots of other stuff. She oh, did yeah. that film, uh, Clouds of Sils Maria. That's apparently like very, very good. Yeah,
1: I missed that when we had it, but that one... What do you call it? The César?
0: No. It
1: won the equivalent of the French mm-hmm. Best Actress mm-hmm. Oscar for I think her. the
0: Criterion Collection put out a, a Blu-ray of it.
1: Yeah. So it's one, it's one of the examples of, you know, even, even when you work here, you miss movies sometimes. And yeah. I, that was one that I missed. Um, but I, I like her kind of for the same reason as some of the other... Like, she made, I'm sure she made a lot of money off the Twilight sequels. And kind of like Daniel Radcliffe with Harry Potter... And now that they are doing little independent film when they don't really have to, I'm sure she could get bigger roles in Mm -hmm. kind of mainstream Hollywood stuff. Mm -hmm. And any actor working in a Woody Allen movie, like, there's no budget. Like, I don't know what the budget of Cafe Society was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, $5 million or something like that. Yeah, they're
0: usually pretty small.
1: And then they make – I looked it up, and it has made – $7 Seven million dollars in North America and seven million dollars in France mm-hmm. and a couple bucks in all these other countries and so Amazon Studios is happy. They're like, "Yep, yeah, we made our money back." And <laughs> uh, and then it'll you know it's interesting that film studios are now places like Amazon.
0: Like like the first yeah.
1: the first logo that comes up when you watch Cafe Society is Amazon.
0: Well, he's, I think he's doing a TV series for them, yeah, like The web series, which I think he's Miley Cyrus, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's weird, like. This company that
0: I believe started
1: as, you know, sending you CDs in the mail (laughs) is now producing Woody Allen films. And Spike
0: Lee movies, too. Yeah,
1: financing films from these, like, living legend filmmakers. And this is Woody's... See, I don't know if this counts, because he's done other things as well. Like, I know one of his movies was a TV film, I remember, from when I was much younger, Mm -hmm. that uh, Michael J. Fox was in. Yeah, Don't
0: Drink the Water, I think.
1: So I don't know if that counts, but they say this is his 47th... Film, so I don't mm-hmm. know if they mean theatrical film. Yeah. Uh, and then he's acted in a few movies. Yeah. Uh, even recently, like he did John Turturro's film, and mm-hmm. a while back he did the cartoon Ants. And yeah. And I remember. He's done a
0: couple cameos here. Yeah. And,
1: there. Um, and uh, Greta Gerwig's movie that was all about her being a Woody Allen fan. He had
0: a little role in that too. I don't um, think that was Gre- Greta Gerwig. I think that was, was that? somebody else. I'm
1: mixing her up with another indie film yeah. darling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a French actress.
1: But yeah, you're right. Yeah, you did mix that up. I think it's because I, I see Greta as this, like, modern female incarnation of a young Woody Allen. Yeah. Like, her her film's just, they're New York, and she's, like, this kind of love triangle in the middle kind of character. Yeah. Very Woody Allen-esque, I always find. But, uh, but yeah, so this is his 47th film, and he's 80 years old, so... Mm-hmm. he'll probably make 50 he'll yeah, pro- probably probably 50 more he, he, he seems to be making making uh, one a year at this pace and i think he's already got his next one in in production again uh, but yeah so uh, a second chance this upcoming week to see both woody allen's latest and hunt for the wilder people which is a really great film uh and then we have three ottawa premieres of very different films uh, starting Friday night at 9, and then encoring on Sunday at 8.45, we have Man vs. Snake. It has a big subtitle, too. The Long and Twisted Tale of Nibbler.
0: And this is a video game documentary. Uh, did you see King King of Kong? Yeah, yeah. I loved it.
1: King yeah. of Kong is...
0: This sort of looks like a sequel in a way. I don't think it really is. Well, it isn't, but no. there's a couple of um, players from... King yeah. of Kong that are in this one, so it seems like a continuation. Yeah, like
1: it's none of the same filmmakers, mm-hmm. but although they're real people, if you call them characters for the yeah, for the, the, the referee guy is, yeah. is is in this, yeah, yeah, the referee guy and the guy who is essentially the villain in King of Kong shows up. I don't know how long he's the mullet, in yeah, the hot mu- sauce guy, the <laughs> mullet hot sauce guy, yeah. Uh, yeah. King of Kong. I'm someone who I like video games. I don't play many just because of time constraints uh, but I grew up in a world of video games when I was growing up it was all kind of the home video the, the home video game boom of Nintendo's and Segas and all that stuff but this film akin to King of Kong because it's about a guy kind of striving for geek gold yeah and in his youth I think when he was like 14 or something he got a billion points on this somewhat obscure video game called Nibbler that I didn't really remember until I saw it in the the, the trailer. And I was like, oh, I, I can kind of remember that in arcades. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, basically like a, I think it's like a Pac-Man-esque or like a, uh, what's the game? Um, Centipede-esque game mm-hmm. of just kind of, you're collecting points, you're collecting things. And so this guy got the high score, the world record score when he was a kid. And now it's like, 20 years later, 30 years later, and he's trying to regain his, his title, and, and again, I haven't seen the movie, I'm coming to see it Friday night, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just one of those things where documentaries, a lot of times the filmmakers will get cornered or questioned, and be like, is this real, is and they're like, no, I swear this is real,
0: like, all Mm -hmm. these characters are real, we, we didn't skew the conflict. Yeah, because I think with the Christopher Guest movies, people are starting to suspect these other real documentaries might be staged. Yeah. Because they're so outrageous.
1: Because I think there was a contingent back in the day when something like Spinal Tap came out, Mm -hmm. a lot of people thought it was real. Yeah,
0: and that they they were real. There's probably people to this day who think that Spinal Tap was a real band. Yeah, and then they feel like a betrayal when they find
1: out. Or like bands that kind of blur the line like tenacious d yeah where they're like they're comedians kind of playing role a role but they still are a band and they still perform concerts and record albums but they're kind of doing it in character so yeah so when a movie about a bunch of video game players comes out and the characters are are so eccentric and, and so eccentric and so out there yeah a lot of times you think oh this is like a a, a mockumentary but, yeah but no it's real <laughs> And this one looks cool. It has kind of, for the flashback scenes, it has animation put in, some really nice old-school 2D animation. And, yeah, I find that a, a video game movie is just as thrilling as, like, a sports movie. Yeah. Because like, like it's, you yeah.
0: competition, yeah. fierce competition.
1: If you're watching Hoosiers or Ecstasy of Order, the Tetris film, mm-hmm. I feel the same at the end when there's, like, 10 seconds to go and it's a tie game. And it's made this interesting little subgenre because King of Kong is the most famous, but I just mentioned Ecstasy of Order, and we've played a couple other documentaries.
0: One was just called Video Game: The Movie. Uh, There's one called The Last Arcade or something that's coming out. Yeah, I think we're getting that. maybe. Yeah. it's. Um, Isn't it like a Hong Kong arcade or?
1: Yeah, I, I forget if it's like in like a. Chinatown in New York or if it's in Hong Kong
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah a friend of mine told me about it and we looked it up and I think so don't quote me on it yet but we're hoping it's circling and it's kind of about a I think like
0: a uh, yeah I think it's Chinatown in, in New York City yeah yeah,
1: and it's like one of the it looks like a you know after hours back alley kind of place that you would see in a movie and and because yeah like when I was a kid on Bank Street there was a few arcades. And there was one arcade that I remember going into when I was in like grade nine. And even as a kid, just having a sense of like, yeah, I shouldn't be here. Like there was people smoking and, you know, near do well looking grown-ups hanging around and all this and so that was kind of when home video games came in, because I think parents could be like, Oh yeah, you'll just stay home in the basement? Yeah, do that <laughs> instead of going to hang out in weird arcades. Yeah. And now we have our friends house at Target across the street. And so that kind of geek nostalgia is making a bit of a comeback. But there's still... Like, when I was a kid, there would be an arcade game in every 7-Eleven Max yeah. Milk. Uh, like even, those
0: flat ones, like Pac-Man. Yeah.
1: And even, like, when you... Like, they don't exist now, but, like, in a... You know, in Zellers or, like, in a Walmart... Yeah. There would be an arcade game or two um, where there would be, like, gumball machines which I don't even know if those are around very much anymore. But, um, yeah, it's really kind of a... Like, I wish I wish we had room to put one in here. Yeah. But it just... You, if we put it in, you would have to kind of, like, turn it off before every movie. Yeah. So if somebody was in the midst of some, like, high score run, it uh, we'd have to be like, nope, sorry, we got to turn it off because this sounds too horrible. Yeah, that wouldn't work. So it works that we have our friends across the street at House of Targ to uh, fill that void. Uh, yeah, so that's one... Uh, are these all... Yeah, so that, that's the auto premiere this Friday, Man vs. Yeah, Take. there's three
0: this week. Three, and
1: they're all very different, which is cool. So then on Saturday night at 9, we have uh, Train to Busan. Uh, this is an auto premiere of a South Korean zombie film that very recently was at Fantasia. Like, this was only at Fantasia like a month ago or mm-hmm. whenever Fantasia was. And this is would you say this like an epic epic train zombie? zombies film? on
0: a train kind of thing
1: yeah so it's a little bit like
0: um yeah it's a bullet bullet train ride to busan a little bit like snowpiercer
1: except instead yeah. of instead of fighting each other instead of the instead of the, the the classes fighting each other it's it's uh a family on a train mm-hmm. and some zombies get on it and widely acclaimed uh like Fantasia loved it I forget what it got but it got go look it up online but it's I think it got or Andrew has the internet we could look right now yeah I'm pretty sure at Fantasia it got like the audience choice award or something like that and it was I know a couple of people who saw it a couple people on our on the Mayfair Facebook and Twitter were very excited that we got it and they're gonna come back and see it again and It also had a companion piece film that was uh, an anime uh, that I think isn't really a sequel or a prequel.
0: Best best Asian feature, the Audience Award. It won two awards at Fantasia. Fantasia Best Asian feature, and which is, yeah, the Audience Award and the Cheval Noir, best film. So, best film. So, two best feature awards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's always it's always telling when and when a film at a festival,
0: wins, especially like Fantasia,
1: especially Fantasia wins both the audience award and a best film award because sometimes those things are split. Like sometimes you'll you'll see that you know on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever a film has like ninety seven percent approval from critics, but mm-hmm. like fifty six approval, and they'll they'll put that in the ads like yeah. it's
0: fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah,
1: and then the audience score is much lower. Like even. Uh, a film that I, I really loved, uh, The Fits, that we just finished screening.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: It had, it was something ridiculous, like 97 mm-hmm. all critics slash 100% top critics. But then I think its audience poll was like 62%. So a very different skew from the, I don't know who this audience is, like, I don't know where they get that score specifically, but. Yeah, so at an awards, at a, at, a, at a festival like Fantasia, when it gets both the audience liking it and the nerds who are voting from the festival liking it, that's very cool. And, yeah, and there's a there's a companion anime film.
0: Soul Station? I'd Soul think, Station. Is and that, I've
1: gotten yeah. a lot of requests for that. And basically it's kind of like everything of, like, we know about it, we've asked about it, uh, especially if if Train plays well, that will help both from the distributor point of view and us to bring bring it in uh so if that is available and train does well and that instigates that i'm sure we could get that one in as well which would be fun i love i love showing anime on the big screen and we don't get to do it enough um and it'd be cool because it's yeah i believe it's just a companion piece so it's just like something happening at the exact same time but a different story Mm -hmm. so yeah so train to busan's coming up and that starts on saturday at nine o'clock and then there's a couple shows during the week so our third premiere is called Zoom. It's a Canadian production, and it's funny because it's a comic book film, sort of.
0: Mm-hmm. Half comic, half um, illustrated,
1: yeah. animated,
0: half um, live action. Yeah, and its I
1: don't believe it's based on an existing book, but if, I, if, I, if I'm reading the trailer right... And I don't think this is any spoiler or anything, but it's, it's a, a young woman played by Alison Pill, and mm-hmm. she's an artist. And she is drawing a comic book. And that comic book is your, your B story. Yeah. And then that comic book is being made about a film production, and that is your C story. So you're seeing like three parallel worlds all at the same time. Okay, that are tied into this comic book, uh, so it looks really cool. Uh, I think I think the animation style
0: is kind of that
1: rotoscope
0: style yeah. that you saw. In, I just in, uh, I just watched Waking Life last night. Oh yeah, um, I'd seen it before, but yeah, I guess it's a little similar to that. Yeah, like like did, is it animated or did, like does is it rotoscoped? I believe like where they, they shoot it live action. I believe
1: so because like the. Just from the trailer... It looks,
0: it looks like they did that.
1: Yeah, like, it looks like... The, like, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal is in it. And in the scene of the trailer, or the the scene in the trailer with him in it, looks like it's, it's yeah, like that they shot it on video and then mm-hmm. traced it. And then the scenes with Allison Pill are live action. And then, um, who else is in it? Don McKellar's in it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Jason Bateman's Jay- in it.
0: Jason Priestley. Or Jason Priestley, sorry. <laughs> Jason not Bateman. Jason Bateman, sorry. Wrong Jason.
1: Jason Priestley, which is interesting because, I mean, he he boomed when I was a kid and 90210 was all the rage. And he's still around, but he directs more. Like, I think he's in the world of, like, directing television and mm-hmm. music videos. Well, I think he's stuff. on a series. Oh, is he now? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, if I remember correctly, he did, like... Um, like some bare naked lady stuff, some real like Canadian content stuff like that. But he doesn't act very often, and so it's it's kind of funny seeing him. I can't even think of the last time I saw him acting something. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a weird, I guess meta would be the right word of a, a crossover of um, a comic book type movie in an indie indie form script kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That one is being presented by our friends at the comic book shop who we always try to get to jump aboard of comic book themed films. And yeah, not just comic book f- themed films that are, you know, the Avengers, but just stuff. There's so much out there um, of different genres and different styles mm-hmm. uh, that aren't just... Not that there's anything wrong with those other ones because I like those other ones, but stuff like Zoom that is a a look into the comic book world that isn't superheroes punching each other. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I'm I'm really looking forward to see that. Yeah.
0: Like it's, it's like comic books for adults. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And, um, what else? We, we announced a couple other things coming up. The cartoon party. The cartoon party. Yes. So that's coming up Saturday, September 10th.
0: Yeah. Uh, People have been asking me about that. So always, always.
1: It's it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like supply and demand. Like, well, plus it would be a pain to do it once a week because it's, you got to get the cereal and there's a big cleanup and all that yeah. kind of stuff and just getting the, the content. But um, the last one we did was June, I think. So that mm-hmm. kind of keeps us on pace for this is kind of the the back to school screening uh-huh. um, where it's going to be early, early-ish September. Kids will be back in school. So this will be like a reward after the kids do their first day few days of schools although to be fair I think more grown-ups come out to these than kids <laughs> uh, so kids be, at heart yeah there's there's way more grown-ups wearing pajamas at these things <laughs> than kids playing pajamas uh, or sorry kids wearing pajamas but that'll be at 10 a.m on Saturday September 10th uh, three three-ish hours of cartoons and old trailers. Uh, we don't know what, what it is. We get it programmed, and I kind of like to keep it a surprise because it's a bit more fun. Uh, if I'm working, I always duck in and watch stuff here and there. Uh, it's always, you know, like I think I'm quite the nerd aficionado, and there's still stuff where I've never heard of it. There's yeah. always stuff in there. Um, and even even the, the, the commercials, I think, are, are some of the most fun stuff when you have some weird board game and it's Vincent Price trying to sell it to you or a... Orson Welles. Orson or Welles, yeah. yeah. Or, or like a... There was one and it's like a Kellogg's... I think a Kellogg's commercial and it's like, like a Norman Bates style like Norman Bates selling you cereal. Like, it's just weird. It's mm-hmm. weird what was on TV back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there was... I, I saw that recently. It's Norman Bates doing like oatmeal crisp. Yeah. It's, and he's playing... Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like totally like the 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 camera style and the wardrobe and everything yeah. it's, it's like it's I, psycho yeah I can't imagine that nowadays with like you know well even that's out of date but like you know Freddy Krueger selling kids cereal for, yeah. like Saturday morning yeah but yeah so that's coming up uh, and then uh, I'm sure and hope it'll do well as per usual and then you 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 don't have to bug us about it because we know we'll get it back again soon and. Um, the other what was the other oh the other one that we have coming up I know is right after that we'll have the the Batman anniversary screening mm-hmm. uh, 50th anniversary of Batman 66 and so that's the the Adam West classic and this will be um, digital presentation uh, the last time we screened it it was it was a it was a lot of fun do you want to fix that or sorry
0: that? You <laughs> it's, might be, it's my uh, I message going off. Uh, you might hear some dings there. Yeah. Because Andrew's popular. Maybe I can, yeah. It's still ringing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore that. I don't know if I can stop. I don't think I can stop it. It's okay. Um, what was I saying? Ah, yes, Batman 66.
1: The last time we screened Batman 66, uh, it was on a film print, which is always fun. Uh, unfortunately, it was a really beat up film print. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the audience had a good sense of humor about it. And, but like, there were scenes where Batman and Robin would be like, to the Batmobile, and they would slide down the bat poles, and you would miss like the 10 seconds of them like hitting the ground and then running to the car. And there was a, there was, I mean, a good six, seven, eight times when that happened during the movie. Mm -hmm. And, and again, luckily, people were cool about it. But this time it'll be. Uh, a, a digital restoration. Uh, the picture's going to be beautiful. And uh, I love that movie. And when I was a kid, I didn't, because I was all like, no, Batman should be dark and gritty. But I've really <laughs> come to appreciate all well, of Well, they're it. hilarious. Those. Oh, they're, they're, and, and,
0: like, you know, intentionally. Like, it's, yeah. al- it's almost, like, satirical.
1: And and I always get mad when people are, like, get mad at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, God forbid we have comic book content that, that is kid-friendly. You know, yeah. like, God forbid that that a kid can watch a Superman cartoon or watch a Batman show because nowadays they're all so dark and R-rated and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, my, my wife, uh, Gwen, she... Adam West is her favorite Batman. She, she's <laughs> like... She, she stands by that. And, and uh, my heart belongs to Michael Keaton, but I really love the Adam West stuff. It's just so funny.
0: Poor Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer.
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody's favorite Batman is Val Kilmer. Um, but, yeah, so that's coming up, too. That'll be our September offering for the Kids Club. And then I know, nothing to announce just yet, but um, we know that Halloween is circling. Mm-hmm. and um, Yeah, we're, I think
0: we have something. We have well, some we th- have Rocky Horror, of course. Of but course, We, we have yeah. something else, something horror-themed coming up. Yeah, and... and don't and, have the details yet, but it's, it's going to be really cool. And we'll have an
1: October Kids Club as well, and I don't know what we'll screen for it yet. It's, it's always tough because, especially with kids' movies, right? Like, like say, like, the live-action Adams Family... Is actually rated like, like AA, mm. and there's nothing really wrong with it. But is it really a kids movie? You know, like yeah. a lot of kids would be fine with it. But I mean, even when we screened Dark Crystal, that ended up being like, oh yeah, that's a freaky movie. But there's some kind of kid friendly, you know, monster scary type things out there. Uh, I would love to screen a um, like a Scooby Doo TV movie. There's dozens of Scooby-Doo TV movies, even the retro run ones mm-hmm. from, like, the 80s. But those are a bit more difficult to, to, to screen. But we'll figure something out. But we'll have a lot of fun stuff coming up in October for the Halloween season. And, yeah, like Andrew said, Rocky Horrors, our marathon of Rocky Horror screenings yep. will be back in October. And uh, tickets will be available for that pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, so I think that about does it for this week. Um, Andrew was nice enough to come in early because i got a bunch of stuff to do today, and I'm hoping to get it done to come back and watch Final Master tonight. Mm.
0: <laughs> I missed that one, too. Yeah, it, it's so <laughs> Apparently funny. Apparently, it's really good.
1: And I was just listening to a podcast where Leonard Maltin said he really liked Captain Fantastic. And even though we had that for two weeks, I missed it. I was just mm-hmm. working elsewhere or working here and just busy, and yeah. I just missed it. So, so yeah, even, even we miss stuff on our own schedule. But... uh We'll see you soon. Uh, go visit our friends at House of Target across the street. Oh, and I, did I mention they'll be presenting Man versus Snake. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have some prizes for us. So cool! I'll be giving those away on Friday night. And uh, Audible.
0: Audible <clears throat> AudibleTrial.com slash Podcast, And you can download a free audio book.
1: Yeah, go check out an audio book on there. And uh, say hi to us online. Yeah. Check in on all the different social medias. Give us nice ratings.
0: Mayfairtheater.ca for all your Mayfair needs.
1: And we'll uh, see you again soon.
0: Bye-bye.